Hello. Welcome again to the Bat-Ass Podcast, the Batman the Animated Series Show podcast, where we talk about Batman the Animated Series, or in this case, Batman Beyond. My name is Clay McCormick, and with me, as always, is Sean Murphy. How you doing, Sean? Good, man. Getting uh, ready to go to San Diego to uh, sort of pr- uh, announce and promote Zorro, do some signings and stuff with uh, Massive Publishing. And oh, whatnot, excellent. So. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I haven't really got to talk about Zorro too much since I've just been working on it and we launched it. We don't have the Kickstarter launched yet, but we have a landing page. Mm-hmm. So we've already got a bunch of followers, people watching the page, which is a brilliant idea. And I don't know why I didn't do it last time. I did Kickstarters before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm really excited about that. Excellent. And that's uh, it launches in October. Is that right? Yeah, I'm shooting for October or November. There's yeah. a Day of the Dead theme for it. So like a Mexican Halloween theme. Um, oh, nice. So. Yeah, I'd like to either uh, end it on Halloween or begin it on Halloween. I got a bunch of variant covers from friends, like a lot of orange and Halloween-type covers. So I'm kind of trying to make it a holiday book Yeah. so we get that holiday spike every year. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that sounds pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm pumped. And uh, I'd like to do a tour in, in uh, Mexico after to, to promote it. And uh, I love Mexico. I love going down there. And I speak a tiny, tiny bit of Spanish. But, uh, yeah, it should be good. Excellent. Yeah, that should be a good time. And you're doing, uh, are you going to have timed signings and stuff, or is it going to be, uh, you just kind of yeah, hanging around? Yeah, okay. Yeah, I posted on my social media um, just the three signings. I got a whatnot um, auction thing I'm doing too. I'm sort of just going and putting my hands and myself in the hands of Massive. Sure. And telling them, like, listen, just tell me what you want me to do. Tell me where to stand. Tell me where to sign. Tell me what to say, you know? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yep. that sounds but, like it should be a good time. You're not doing San Diego this year? No, I won't. I won't be in San Diego. I'm not doing. I'm not doing either of the big ones this year. Yeah, no New York too. No, I didn't get in. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry I'm not, to hear that, man. Yeah, that's Do you know right. what happened? Uh, I have no idea. It's it's a return to normal. I I've, <laughs> I've only got. I'm one for fifteen when it comes to applying for an artist alley table at New York Comic Con. So. <sighs> Uh, yeah. But anyway, we're here to talk about two episodes of Batman the Animated Series, Plague and April Moon. So we'll take a quick break, and we'll be back with Plague. Enough. Much as I would relish hunting you, this time I seek a different prey. Yeah, right. He's telling the truth. Bennett. He's working for us now, Batman. Tracking a man named Falseface. All right, Plague. Written by Rich Fogel, directed by Butch Lukic, and uh, do do you want to tell us what this one is about? Because this is the uh, this is the one you watched <laughs> instead of instead of uh, the last episode we were supposed to do. Yeah, you know it's funny. I was prepared to skip through this really quickly, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm like, I don't remember this scene. I don't remember this scene either. <laughs> uh, I think I might have fallen asleep when I watched it before. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm letting you double double letting you down, Clay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Well, in this one, Batman reluctantly joins forces with his former enemy, the Stalker, to hunt down a wily criminal named Falseface, who has stolen a dangerous virus for a criminal organization called Cobra. Um, Have we seen Cobra before? No. This is the this is the introduction of Cobra to the, the DC animated universe. Uh, this, uh, I there's a lot going on here in this episode, and it's. All I it, I feel like it's all just kind of covering up for the fact that this is kind of a boring episode. Yeah, that might be fair. Um, like Cobra isn't really Cobra's only in it for like thirty seconds at the beginning, and they're not really they don't really play much part into it. Um, the stalker stuff. I thought the stalker stuff was the most interesting, or had the potential to be the most interesting. That he has that Batman has to team up with this guy, yeah. but they don't really yeah. get into that at all. Yeah, I was bummed too. Yeah, and I love Falseface. Falseface is is a villain I know from the '60s Batman show. He's probably my favorite villain from that show. He's only in two episodes, but uh, he's just got such a weird kind of yeah. gimmick in that in that in that show that he's he's a lot of fun. And in this one, this version of Falseface, he's kind of like low rent Clayface, kind of. Yeah, and very he, much so. And he doesn't even change his face into like unique looking people <laughs> it's it's just like different yeah. versions of the same brunette white guy uh and he, he looked a lot like the guy that was uh trying to help batman yes he did yes 
uh but yeah it's just like it's just kind of a chase episode where there's a virus and they got to stop the virus and it's you know i don't know it's it wasn't really doing anything for me what did you think yeah i agree i was looking forward to seeing the unlikely pairing of uh the hunter and batman but uh, i don't know even the end where he's like uh you won't die. I wouldn't let you die because I'll only let you die by my hand or mm-hmm. something. It's like, all right, you know. And I guess Terry's reaction is pretty fair. He's like, okay, I, I guess, thank you. Um, <laughs> I'm trying to think if this guy ever comes back. Um, I guess he's sort of set up to be Craven the Hunter. Yeah, he feels a lot like Craven the Hunter. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I love his outfit. Uh, I like his character design and voice acting are, are cool. I just think there's something missing from this guy. Yeah, they just don't. There's no interaction that makes any of this interesting. You know, they're they're. I I was thinking about it as we were watching it, as I was watching it, and uh, like Terry, the only kind of mentor figure Terry has ever had in this Mm -hmm. vigilante life is Batman, and so I think there there could have been a lot of interesting stuff they could have done if Stalker was kind of giving Terry a different viewpoint on this stuff. Yeah. Um. But they don't do anything with it. It's just, he's just there for the, I'm not even sure why Stalker's there, frankly. Like, I don't really know what purpose he's serving other than just yeah. something else in the episode. Yeah, I uh, I wanted more Cobra stuff because I felt like it didn't give me a whole lot. If this is the first introduction of uh, them to the universe. Yeah. I don't know, like these snake guys, I couldn't get G.I. Joe out of my head. I, I don't know if I like these guys or not. Um, yeah, I I don't know much about Cobra, the DC version of Cobra, but it's 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 very strange. It's uh, they're a cult based around a Cobra god, and uh, the 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 character who is known as as Cobra is a guy named Jeffrey Burr, and he was born as, uh, the comic version anyway. He was born as a set of conjoined twins but was stolen at birth by the cult of the Cobra God since a prophecy claimed he would lead them to rule the world. And under their teaching, he became a dangerous warrior and a sadistic criminal mastermind. And he led the cult into using advanced technology to menace the world. I don't know. It seems pretty yeah. bland. I, it, I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a weird... His co- the costume's weird. It's like yeah. cobra skin with a toga on top of it. I don't know. It's a strange... <laughs> It's just a weird thing to just drop in and, and not really address. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I want to know if this note came from somebody who insisted that Cobra had to be in Batman Beyond. You yeah, know? yeah. It just doesn't feel like a natural fit for Batman Blade Runner. You know. Yeah, he he's not. There's no high, nothing high tech about him, and they like that's not talked about at all. Like he, there could be yeah. like it makes more sense that Stalker would be hunting cobra mm-hmm. you know given the animal nature of cobra yeah Ver- yeah that makes a lot more sense actually. yeah versus false face who's just a guy with a rubbery face <laughs> um is false face the one that he wore like a plastic mask of a human over his normal face and he gave this creepy look to yes it? yeah in, right. in batman 66 he wears like one of those yeah. creepy plastic face masks it's it's he's pretty great he uh yeah He's kind of like um he's kind of like a low rent version of the Riddler on that show because all all these characters that weren't like main main level characters like Bat, uh Riddler, Joker, Penguin, they're all kind of just different versions of those characters. Um and so False Face is, has kind of a a a, a B-level Riddler vibe to him, but he's he's a lot of fun and they do a lot of really fun gags with the with the with the fake face and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't show up in the comic. He's only been in the comics like once or once or twice. I guess it's 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 tough when you've got someone like Clayface out there who kind of does this yeah. stuff a little bit better, um, right? And even here, like there's a, like it would have been cooler if False Face was like a robot or something, and he actually had like a robot, you know, like you know, like he actually had a false face or something mm-hmm. like that, something to make him more yeah. uh, in line with the Batman Beyond of it all. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. At the end, when his face was all fucked up, how did that happen exactly? No idea. I guess, like again, it's it feels like it feels kind of like Clayface, like he has to, yeah, focus to keep his face in in order or something. But they don't tell you anything about him, so you don't yeah. know if he's got some sort of weird disease or if he fell into, yeah, radioactive face chemicals or something. I don't know. 
yeah, yeah, you're right. They gave us False Face, they gave us Cobra, and they gave us the return of um, the Hunter guy. And they didn't really do well at any three of those things. Any? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just uh, it's all in surface of a pretty uh, surface of a pretty generic chase plot, which uh, yeah, you know, it's just it, it's. I think these two ep- episodes are kind of interesting because the next one I think has a little bit more meat on it. Um, <laughs> there's, yeah, there's lots of things I want to talk about about the next one. <clears throat> but uh, yeah, this one's kind of kind of middle of the road. Um, I guess the one character who he, we have seen before, which is ironic because I did not remember him at all, is this is Bennett. Who, the guy who uh, recruits Stalker and tells Batman about it. I guess he's from uh, the Zeta Project, which in the Zeta being the um, robot one uh, that yeah. I told you about last episode because you didn't watch it. Um, uh, okay, so this is a... Got it, yeah. Yeah, and I guess he comes back again when the Zeta robot comes back All later right. before they spin him that off. Makes, that makes more sense why this guy, this, this organization is... Um, introduced like this if he's set up to be more important in a different series that that makes a lot more sense actually yeah they they i i don't think they do a good job of explaining that here Hmm. but it it kind of makes a little more sense if he's some sort of like nick fury or amanda waller type character you know yeah yeah totally so you thinking like an average grade on this one (laughs) yeah i don't know what do do you think (laughs) uh i'm I'm trying to think of why I should give it a three out of five. Yeah, um, I don't know. This might be a two. Yeah, I'm kind of sure. I'm kind of feeling the same way because like it's not bad. Oh, I, well, you know what might kick it into a three for me is uh, I don't know if this is the first appearance of this, but it's the first time I really noticed it. Um, we get some fire lit Batman at the end of this episode. With oh all yeah, those explosions going off, and it's pretty good looking fire lit Batman too. It's not it's not the cheap yeah. version. They've they've actually yeah. like changed his color scheme a bit to reflect the fire and stuff. They did do like a smoky overlay too, like uh, yeah After Effects type thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, don't know if I like that or not. I mean, they never would have done that in the animated series. They would have animated the actual smoke, right? Um, but it looked okay, all things considered. Like I, I'll give you the. He definitely looked good with the coloring on him. <laughs> yeah, it's but a, that smoky overlay. I don't know if that felt natural. Firelit Batman's a great look. I mean, most of the did you ever, did you, ever, did you see that uh, poster Sinkevich did for the Batman movie? Um, that whole poster probably. is like Firelit Batman poster, and it looks fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you, I sent you. There's a new Superman figure that I thought it was going to be Firelit Superman. Oh, yeah, but the one that's hard to describe. The one where it looks People like they just see it. dropped him into red paint. Yeah, if you have a, there's a cover, I think it's a Eduardo Rizzo cover or someone who drew a pretty um, stylized Superman and they had him lit red. So parts of his face have red patches on it and shoulders and his knuckles and his you know, back. And it looks good in a designy two-dimensional way. Yeah. Um, but then they tried to make a figure out of it and they matched exactly. It just looks like you dropped your Superman figure in red paint. Yeah, <laughs> they did the same thing with the uh, McFarlane yeah. Batman, the Batman figure. Yeah, I don't know it's who's just, buying those, man. Yeah, I don't it looks get it. terrible. It just looks yeah. really bad, and I don't. Yeah, I don't know who. They did something similar. Um, they've got a San Diego Comic Con variant of um, mm. '90s Batman that they put this '90s Batman figure they put out, which is just like the the classic gray and blue, uh-huh. and they did this coloring on him as like shadows. But it's like just yeah. on his the front of his cowl and on his trunks, and it's not it's not like fifties Batman where it's a very clear like half circle around the front of his face. It's got like some jagged. It, it's supposed to mm-hmm. look more like lighting, and it just yeah. doesn't it just doesn't work. Like I've seen these, some of these figures that do this um, uh, sh- cell shading type coloring on them that look pretty good. Like when they do it on the animated figures, it, it tends to look okay. But these yeah. ones, it's just it's just not playing, and I don't. They got to stop doing them. I had um, a friend of ours reach out. He is working on some DC stuff, and they're turning his um, drawing into a figure. Oh, cool! Uh, and I think it's, yeah, it's a McFarlane figure. And uh, he was he got a bunch of comps, and he sold them, and he was trying to um, get some more to sell at different shows, and they're like not responding at all to him to giving him more. Mm-hmm. And then he, uh, so he's basically writing to me about his, his troubles, like what should I do, type of email. 
Uh, and the other thing was um, his name isn't on the figure anywhere. Um, it's just like a DC McFarlane figure. So like he didn't invent the character, I don't think. Um, but they also have a version of the figure that's a line art version. And I oh, think he was sort of suggesting, he's probably listening to this right now, so I'm trying to <laughs> uh, portray it accurately. But anyway, they're, they're not giving him any credit putting his name on it anywhere, and he was trying to figure out if he should be upset or push back or not. And I took a picture of uh, the Batman, my Batman White Knight figures, front and back of the box, and like, I'm like, hey man, I hear you. You're not wrong, but here's my Batman, based on my book that I wrote, Andrew. My name isn't anywhere on any Batman White Knight mm. action figure ever. It's yeah. just part of the deal. Like, it's the contract you signed with DC. It's the contract Todd signed with DC. It's uh, Who knows? But that's just the way it is. So uh, I hope I was able to help him. Because, like, I can understand why it feels like, you know, am I getting ripped off here? But it's just the way of it, you know? And yours are literally based on your artwork like art style yeah. is that is that the same with with this one or is it more just a like a costume design that he he designed on on the generic sort of mcfarlane I think it's body the, i believe it's the second one yeah, yeah i don't think it's based on his art but you could argue that if they're going to do a line art version oh sure use his art yeah. i could see his point but still you know i remember when um dc director maybe it was mcfarlane i don't know they did a line of capullo toys where it's like a subset of a regular line that mm-hmm. they did and every everyone had you know the capullo this capullo that so you know that's different of course i don't actually know if greg got any extra money for that but his name was definitely on the figure and mm. um, i haven't gotten to that level yet so we'll we'll see yeah i wish they would do more of that because i always yeah. liked those figures the ones that were based specifically off of people's artwork yeah um but yeah i don't know if maybe they don't do it more because yet you do have to pay more if you if you do that but who knows i don't know what the uh how that yeah. breaks down i'm not sure i mean when i do st- uh, statue design for xm they they put my name on it to help promote it mm-hmm. and i think they do that with every artist it's part of the feature is these high-end artistically accurate portrayals of batman for example yeah um so they definitely have sean murphy xm studio batmans or white knight i think um and they give me a, a check for that and i probably i think i signed a waiver so it's not like they have to give me royalties on it it's right, kind right. of a one-time uh, payment so yeah, I don't see why DC couldn't do it that way, but uh, I don't know if these things really sell. Honestly, you mm. know, um, they don't. I don't know if they sell in mass volume. Yeah, that's like, uh, that's the thing. You know, I, I uh, as much as you know, people like you or me yeah. would love to see figures that are specifically based on certain artists' artwork. I, I don't know if that really makes a difference yeah. to the the general collector. You know. Yeah, like I would love a Hellboy animation that looks just like mike's work but i think the normie is going to watch that and be like what's wrong with the faces <laughs> you know yeah like if if someone goes to target and they see a jim lee style superman next to a regular superman i don't yeah. know if they're going to go oh jim lee and grab the jim lee you know who who knows yeah well luckily jim's style is pretty um approachable it's very true, uh, true. in line with what people think Superman should look like anyway. Like Jim's not trying to sell you a really unusual style anyway. Right, like yeah. maybe Mike Mignola or Frank Miller is. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I love the um, one of my. But I take your point. A couple of my uh, my favorite ones that I have are um, <clears throat> excuse me from the Darwin Cook uh, New Frontier line. Yeah. Of uh, yeah. I have Superman and Batman from that line, and they're just so cool looking, and they they yeah. I think basing the figures off of actual art styles just makes for a more interesting figure that kind of stands out a bit more Mm -hmm. um it's probably if i had to guess a little bit pricier to develop because it's more difficult to mix and match parts if they if they're doing that for different figures yeah um but uh yeah it's too bad i like i like i like the the artwork figures I really wanted a Zorro action figure, but there's nothing close to anything acceptable yeah. in my eyes anyway. Unless I bought, like, McFarland did a Dread Pirate Roberts figure. So if you oh, bought sure. that, put a little hat on it, yeah, squint your eyes, hat. maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah, there's a real lack of um, solid Zorro um, statues and figures and stuff. Yeah, I... Uh... Do you find that surprising? No. Yeah. I mean, there isn't any pulp hero. Like, there's no Dick Tracy. There's no Phantom. You got these characters that have been around longer than Batman. 
so the interest comes and goes, and yeah. it's not like there's a, a string of hit Zorro shows or anything lately, you know? Um, right, yeah. But then again, like they, they had the Green Hornet uh, movie come out, which bombed, and mm-hmm. they still managed to get some decent, you know, die-cast cars of the, the hero car of that show and some of the other stuff. Like, it's crazy to me what actually gets made sometimes based on some of these properties flopping, you know? Yeah. You're telling me, you yeah. know, you know, the 80 years Zorro's been around, there hasn't been one decent statue. Like, that's the part that gets me, you know? Yeah. It's it's funny with that stuff, too, because so much of it is speculative as, as far as yeah. what they make. So it's like yeah. yeah, the companies end up have, having to decide what they think are going to be big sellers and what they, yeah, you know, where to put their chips and stuff. Yeah. So it is always interesting to see. Oh, clearly they thought this was going to be the next big thing, but yeah, nobody like really the, went for it. The Princess Bride set. I'm surprised that was just worth making. Honestly, mm-hmm. I don't know how many people are clamoring for Wesley and Buttercup figures. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I think so, I think some of the older stuff is mm-hmm. worth it because there never was a, a high right. quality toy from that line and you know all the people who are buying it are, are of the age where they wish they had those you know yeah like uh i uh what was it probably geez 10 years ago now i can't remember how long ago it was when NECA did the michael keaton batman figure uh mm. that's I, I had i was well into my my 20s or possibly 30s when that came out and it that was a toy i'd been waiting to have since i was five years old and so I did whatever I had to do to get it. Yeah. Um, and so, like that—that's the—that's the thing, though. Is like the, those things I think are definitely aimed towards older nostalgic yeah. collectors. Hundred um, percent. It's yeah. the toy, toy. The toy market is is very strange because it seems like mm-hmm. co- it's similar to comics in that most of this stuff is aimed at older collectors, and it's uh, may, I, maybe not. I don't know, but. No, you're right. I mean, the price point would suggest oh, that yeah, you're definitely. not buying a twenty dollar figure for a kid yeah. to play with, to break, and take out of the box and right. smash his face. <laughs> um, I mean, GI Joe was pretty cheap back in the '80s. It was like three bucks a figure. Um, the expensive Transformers. I mean, those were those were like fifteen dollars even in the '80s, but they had like metal parts and stuff like that, and that's yeah. why their Optimus Primes are rather rare. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, hey. Yeah, they're definitely. Well, I was going to say, I'll tell you, man, I, I, you have no idea how much time I spent at the three for 10 bin at KB Toy Stores, which oh, was yeah. just like bottom to top filled with Marvel Comics figures. <laughs> oh, yeah. man, I, I, I spent a lot of money there. With the bins was like a, a knock against you. Like, didn't people want to avoid the bins uh, if you're a manufacturer? I probably. I mean, <laughs> if, if, you, if you're selling. That's where Jar Jar them, ended up. Yeah, if you're selling them for three for, three for 10, they're probably. Not exactly the the hottest figure going, but uh, yeah, this th- these ones I remember these these bins weren't like rejects. This was just like I don't right. know if it was overrun or what, but it was it was a good selection of of just yeah. straight up all. Uh, uh, it was mostly I remember it being mostly Marvel figures, and so like yeah. I got a bunch a bunch of that like original era um, X Men mm-hmm. and X Men figures and stuff like that from from that from that bin. I have a Wildcats action figure of a uh, warblade oh nice uh still in the box Ooh. <laughs> I, I know and uh i'm pretty sure it's not worth anything um i think it was a gift from a friend as a joke back in college and i don't know why i still have it and every time i'm i dive deep into one closet I, I find it again i'm like oh man should i open this thing should i just throw it out i mean what is this thing even worth mm-hmm. i don't think it's worth much at all I, but uh it's just kind of a i'm sort of playing a game of chicken with myself <laughs> <laughs> Have you missed the peak on the market for unopened <laughs> Wildcats toys? Oh, man. When the Simpsons figures came out a long time ago, my buddy bought a few of them, left them unopened, thinking that they might be worth something one day, and uh, not sure if they are. Mm. I have, uh, I think the only Wildcats toy, I had, I had Maul, the mm-hmm. big green guy from Wildcats. Uh, yeah, that's that's cool. I think that was the only one I had from Wildcats. That was the. I wanted Grifter, but I couldn't. Do Grifter I have a was Grifter? probably hard to find. I think I have Grifter. I think I have a Grifter. <gasps> yeah. Oh man, do you want to trade for a sweet, <laughs> sweet unopened Warblade? Next time I go to my parents' house, I'll, I'll check. I'll check the bin in the basement and see if Grifter's in. I'm. I think I have Grifter. Uh, <laughs> okay. The one. The one thing that I do really want, though, like of of, of the nostalgic childhood toy, is uh, I. I have the um, the Batmobile from Batman Returns. 
but mm. I guess there were two of them, and one of them was the one where if you if you pressed a button on top, the sides split off and it turned into like oh. a little bullet car. I remember that, yeah. But I have the one that doesn't do that. I have the one that's just the straight up Batmobile. Right. And the thing that it did was the uh, the turbine in the front was like a, a spring loaded missile. So if you pressed a button mm. on the hood, it would shoot the turbine out. Uh, yeah. I've that turbine for mine has been missing for play, at this point thirty years probably. So I have I'll this. I'll bet that yeah that piece just buying that piece alone. I bet it's like fifty bucks. Yeah, I eBay. haven't been able to find it anyway. I, every now and then I'll check eBay and see if something comes up, but nothing ever does. And that's like yeah, I have this great. It's it's a really good. Uh, Batmobile, like it's it's the the proportions. I think you showed it to me. Oh, yeah, I'm sure you yeah. saw. It. Yeah, the proportions it's, are it's, all really good. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't have that piece, and so I'm, I've been dying to try and find that piece somewhere. Yeah, interesting. Well, if anyone listening has that and wants to trade clay for a quick sketch or something, let them know. Yeah, yeah. Do you get ten percent for putting that deal together? No, they'll just. <laughs> my payment is the watching the joy in your face. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, so you, you give us a two this episode. What would you? What would you? Yeah. Draw? I don't know. Um, maybe redesign the Cobra guys a little bit so they look look less GI Joe. Yeah. What about you? I <laughs> I kind of really like the sequence when when uh, Batman went crashing into a giant stack of credit cards. <laughs> yeah, and then got like, just like got buried under credit cards for a couple minutes, and then when he came out, he was like really like dazed. Yeah. I so I would. Yeah, having Batman yeah. smash into a giant pile of credit cards seems like fun. You know, I so at first I thought I would not want to draw that because that's like drawing a bunch of money flying through the air, right? Yeah, or bricks or something. Um, and then I thought, well, wait, money has to bo- bend and fold, and there's pictures of faces on money. And drawing flat credit cards might actually be a lot easier than drawing money. Yeah, you just have to draw the mag strip on the back and like a little doodle on the front or whatever. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Huh. Yeah, okay. But that's yeah, not so that's, bad. That's, that's also that the that plot element is is really strange where it's like everybody uses credit cards, so if yeah, we poison I totally the credit forgot cards. About that. I totally forgot about that. It's the fourth thing. It's like what? <laughs> we know so much more about viruses now. Like I feel like virus movies are gonna take a break for a while after mm. COVID. I know that the zombie movies is a phenomenon based on fear of viruses. You can do a deep dive on that, but I don't know. I feel like that stuff's going to be put on pause for a bit because we're all virused out. Yeah, it wouldn't surprise me. Um, is there the Marvel show Secret Invasion? Is that a virus thing? I can't remember. It doesn't matter. Um, I don't. Yeah, but yeah, I, I, it wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me if they move away from viruses. And this one too. It was. It's the weird thing where like they. They make. Oh, I actually we just watched Mission Impossible two about a week ago, which I hadn't seen uh-huh. since it came out, and that's a virus movie. And the 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 big play at the end that the bad guy makes is actually very similar to this, where they he infects a, the girl uh, Tandy Newton with the virus, and then is like, I'm she's going to reach downtown L.A. and and infect everybody in a in the entire city or whatever. And it's just a really strange sort of understanding of how this stuff works. Because, like, false, is False Face actively <laughs> contagious? Or is he... Because if he's actively contagious... I hope they, they quarantine that whole area that he walks mm-hmm. through at the end. It's just a strange... I It's like, I, I understand the idea of, like, oh, okay, well, now they're turning him into, a like, a, a biological weapon. Mm-hmm. But it's not particularly interesting or engaging. No, yeah. It was the uh, Mission Impossible Two John Woo? Yes. Okay, that's the one I probably saw the most because I was in college and yeah. I like the motorcycle stuff. Yeah, it's. Um, uh, I'd say it's seventy percent real boring, and then there's a couple, re- yeah. couple fun. Uh, fun. <laughs> there, there's a great towards the end, like as as things are getting going. There's a moment yeah. where Ethan Hunt comes in and like you know a bunch of pigeons fly by. And, yeah. we, and we were all kind of like, oh, I guess he had to use pigeons because it doesn't make sense to have doves in this particular location. And then like mm-hmm. two scenes later, he kicks open a door and out of absolutely nowhere, yep. two yep. doves come flying out as he pulls his guns out. I'm like, all right, well, whatever. It doesn't yep. matter where they came you, from. Yeah, you got to play the hits, man. Yeah. I want to hear Freebird. <laughs> yeah, I didn't realize uh, that was a, uh, it was written by um, Brandon Braga and... 
the other guy from TNG, who's uh, Ron Moore. Oh, I didn't know that. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, I have no idea. Um, before we move on to the next episode, mm. what which franchise do you prefer? James Bond, uh, John Wick, um, Mission Impossible, Taken, or uh, uh, shit, uh, Jason Bourne? Um, <clears throat> hmm. I... That's that's tough. I'm honestly probably Mission Impossible. I I I feel like I watch the Bond movies more. Like I there's there's what twenty five Bond movies. I think I've probably seen like eleven of them. I have not seen all the Bond movies, so I, I can't count myself as like a diehard Bond fan. I've definitely seen all the Mission Impossible movies. But it's only been the last couple that I've really been like, okay, these are now movies I look forward to. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Wick, I like, but I always expect to not be interested in until I see the movie, and then I go, all right, that was pretty good. Uh, yeah. I've never, I think I've seen one, maybe two Born movies, mm-hmm. and uh, I don't, I don't know if there's anybody who likes more than one Taken movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay, that's fair. Yeah, I'm not a Bond fan like I thought I would be. Yeah, uh, I was rewatching the Timothy Dalton stuff the other day, and I don't know, man. I just even the Daniel Craig stuff like I don't ever rewatch any of it. Um, I just I don't know. I'm not, Mission Impossible is not my jam. I like John Wick, because, but you have to go with it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the first Jason Bourne movie is like one of my favorite top five action movies. Yeah, ever. that's a good one. Um, but I never liked any of the Bourne movies after that one. Not so. even, not even the one where they tried to pass it off to what's his name, Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner. It's funny because they did that in Mission Impossible as well. They were supposed to pass off Mission Impossible to Jeremy Renner in the fourth one, I think, and then everyone was <laughs> yeah. like, "No, this is really stupid." <laughs> Tom Cruise is the whole reason people see these movies. Yeah, honestly, Jeremy Renner isn't doesn't have the the, the uh, yeah presence that Tom Cruise does or Matt Damon yeah. does. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's a weird weird choice. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, you know, Bond is funny because, like, I feel like there's enough of them where you can kind of, you can consider yourself a solid James Bond fan by picking and choosing them. Mm -hmm. You know, like, I love Casino Royale. The rest of the Craig ones are fine at best. I didn't, they didn't blow me away. Uh, I love GoldenEye. The rest of the Brosnan ones are fine at best. Yeah. Um, I, I like, I honestly haven't watched the Dalton ones in a really long time. Mm-hmm. I remembered liking them at the time, but even then I, they were kind of, yeah. but the time I, the weird thing about the Dalton ones are, <coughs> excuse me, or is, um, by trying to make them more updated, it actually makes them feel older. If that makes sense. Cause like mm-hmm. the, the Connery stuff and even the Roger Moore stuff is so weirdly stylized that it, mm-hmm. it sort of plays even though they're 50 years old at this point. But I remember even at the th- when I watched the Dalton ones when I was younger, I f- I, they felt like they were kind of – they felt old as far as action movies go, if that makes sense. But I know, I know that they are generally regarded as, yeah. as two of the better ones. The Dalton ones? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I thought they were – generally not liked by people people sort of skip over dalton um he was the, the angry bond mm-hmm. he was too much of a cold war um soldier um and he never got to do his third one uh, yeah. i liked timothy dalton being the angry bond i think it's pretty good uh yeah some of the stuff in the plot needs to be cleaned up i mean it's late 80s so it's not perfect um the first one i like better just because i like the car better but yeah, they even get into the the. It goes all over the place where he ends up fighting with the Mujahideen or however you pronounce it, <laughs> which was the the rebels that gave birth to yep. uh, Al Qaeda. Yeah, so, made the same, same made the same mistake Rambo three did. Really, back yep. back the wrong horse on that one. <laughs> yeah, I mean back then they were fighting Russia, so it was like a proxy war. Right, we could root for the guys on horses. They were like noble horsemen, and then uh, the villain in the Timothy Dalton one is the same guy who played the terrorist in True Lies. Um, the guy who jumped off the building in a motorcycle. Oh, Remember really? That scene? Yeah, same guy, uh, same actor. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, it's a it's a long movie, man. I don't know if it's I go with like a seven out of ten, maybe. 
Well, the the guy the, the guy who's one of the reasons that I never go back to uh, the. Um, Thanks for joining us in our Batman podcast. Uh, by the way, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> well, I mean, that's this this episode was just not that interesting. <laughs> uh, one of the reasons I never go back to, um, I guess it's License to Kill, is that the bad guy is Robert Davi, and I just don't consider him like a Bond level villain. Yeah, he's just kind of like. He's like a, a guy from New Jersey, kind of mobster yeah. type guy, and he just doesn't feel yeah. like he's yeah. Bond material. But I yeah, guess they were, they were going for a different vibe and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And the henchman being played by um, uh, Benicio Del Toro. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. One of his first movies, Young. I think, right? Yeah. Yep. Starts off with a wedding scene where he, Bond arrives as the best man. I don't know. It, it tries to be funny, but I don't know if... Um, Timothy Dalton's good at humor, honestly. I don't think he got the note from anybody that he's supposed to be a little bit funny. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he plays it pretty straight, if I remember, if I remember correctly. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's probably are there more? Have there been as many Bonds as there have been Batman's at this point, or vice versa? Oh man, no. There's got to be. Because you got, I never thought to count. We, yeah, okay. I don't know. Well, thank, thanks for sticking with <laughs> I don't us think here. so. Uh, we've got. Uh, <laughs> if you want to go back to the '60s, we've got Adam West, Michael Keaton. Oh, Val- I thought you meant. Oh no, movies not movies. Themselves. I mean actors. Oh, I see. Adam okay. West, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, uh, George Clooney, Christian Bale, Ben Affleck. Uh, who's who's the most recent one? Pattinson. That's seven. Pattinson. And so you've got... Uh, and there's about to be eight, because uh, James Gunn's going to do one that's going to have Robin in it. Right. So currently at s- seven, Batmans, mm-hmm. and we've got... That's uh, more. Sean Connery, Roger Moore. That guy in the middle. Lazenby, George <laughs> Lazenby. Uh, Timothy Dalton, Pierce Brosnan, uh, Daniel, Daniel Craig. Craig. So we're one short. Yeah. It's more Batmans. Yep. Then bonds. This is con- right. content worth paying for. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> uh, I think that's going to do it for the plague. <laughs> Usually I'm the one that makes these longer. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to take a quick break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about April, April Moon. Moon. I figured you'd try this. That's why I followed you from the hotel. I didn't believe for a second you'd really run from them like that. It was just a trick so you could tail them and find April. Looks like it's working so far, doesn't it? You gonna tell me the secret word? So you figured it out. Okay, April Moon. Story by Stan Berkowitz and James Tucker. Teleplay by Stan Berkowitz. Directed by Butch Lukic. Man, he was busy on these. He did a lot of these. Hmm. Uh, In this one, a bionics designer is forced to give a gang of street punks robotic implants after they kidnap his wife. To stop them, Batman needs a special verbal kill phrase to shut down their implants but can he convince the designer to give it to him? I'm going to jump right to the end and say what I want to draw is chainsaw knee guy. <laughs> chainsaw knees. Yeah. You go in. What was that? You go in and you say, hey, I want cybernetic implants. <laughs> what do you got? Well, we can do literally anything. What would you like? And he says, I'm glad you asked. I would yep. like chainsaws to come out of my hands. All right, that makes Surprise, perfect sense. Surprise, you're not sense. doing the uh, brand manager, Clay. <laughs> this is above come the on, this is above the brand manager's pay grade. I think I'm not doing that. We're not turning your knees into well, that. Doesn't make any sense. I, I'd like office. chainsaws to come out of my hands. All right, that makes perfect sense. Mm-hmm. And I'd also like chainsaws to come out of my knees. All right, bit of a curveball, but I think we can do it. That it's why why the knees. I don't know. It's, it's terrible. I like the design of the chainsaws. It's so fucking like, weird. They designed very carefully, like how they actually work. They're just giving great thought to the engineering of them. All of but these then guys, they throw them on the knees, like the transforming aspect, and all these guys seems like pretty well considered. But mm-hmm. all of their robotic forms are just kind of silly. Yeah. The guy who has the whip is cool. Uh, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. The guy who turns into like the thing, the metal thing, that works fine. Or I guess Iron Man. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, chainsaw knee guy is weird. Uh, the other guy turns into just giant cylinder mallets form over his hands. Yes. So I guess it gives him better punching power. Yeah, but he can't like grab or pick anything up. I'm not sure there's really <laughs> much of a gain there. Well, if he wanted to pick stuff up, he would have giant like robot like 
really dexterous fingers. He's there to smash shit. Right. Yeah. I don't need to pick anything up. <laughs> no. Just destroy. They felt like a, uh, a stoplight gang, like what you created oh, yeah. for um, White Knight. With their in retrospect, colors, in retrospect their I wish jerseys. I had known about these guys. <laughs> I 100% would have used these guys in Red Hood. <laughs> Panel one, close up of a kneecap. Hell yes. Panel two, <laughs> close up of a chainsaw kneecap. Absolutely. The end. Absolutely. <laughs> And for some reason, they all would have been wearing Red Hood helmets to explain why he got his helmet. Well, why are they wearing uh, bowling shirts? Um, <laughs> and why? What's with the music in this episode? Yeah, I was. It's like it's like a sweet jazz soundtrack, which was very yeah. Uh, it know, sounds like a song they never got to use for the original animated series, and I liked the, that it wasn't all electronic again. And I thought, well, this whole point of this is there's a secret code uh, to turn these guys off based on a song called April Moon. Why aren't they playing the song April Moon? Like, why isn't the jazz the song that he sings? Right. Yeah. I thought maybe, and this was just me, my brain trying to rationalize what I was seeing and hearing. Mm. I didn't know if maybe, given that this was like a future show, sci-fi with some bionic stuff, and the jazz music, I didn't know if they were making like a weird reference to like Cowboy Bebop or something. Cause this it felt like it was, tr- yeah. that's, that has like a jazz soundtrack, right? Oh, a hundred percent. And this would be like maybe three years after uh cowboy came out. Yeah. So may, I don't know. Maybe they were, maybe they were nodding to that in some strange way. They, they've got, they, is there anybody with yeah, chainsaw knees so, and no. Cowboy Bebop? <laughs> no, there, there isn't. Well, that's, I guess I'm never watching it then. Well, there's Chainsaw Man now, but that's like a chainsaw on his face. But that's it's so odd. But they lean into it. Like that's sort of the point of the whole book. Sure. Chainsaw Man, um, Chainsaw Knees. Yeah, I don't know, man. This one, I thought maybe I missed something. Like I went back and we watched the scene where um, Batman figures out the really difficult, hard to figure out code. Uh, April Moon yeah. to turn these guys off. Yes. It's like, yeah, it's our favorite song. <laughs> Uncomfortable stare. Okay, I guess you're not going to tell me the password then. See you later, buddy. Yeah, yeah. That was one of the more uh, obvious ones of, of those that I've ever seen. <clears throat> yeah. Come on, detective. Yeah. Um, what, did, what did you think of it overall? Uh, I don't know, man. Maybe a high three or four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I gotta, just for the I knees. something more. Four for the just knees. Just for the knees. Yeah, you know, I like the idea of the, the gang is cool. The doctor was sort of taking it. The, the twist of this girl doesn't even like him. I didn't see that coming. Yeah, that was good. Um, there's a lot of fun things happening here, and I did I did enjoy the music, even though it frustrated me that it wasn't connected to jazz or April Moon in any way. Yeah, yeah. I I um I liked it more than the last one, simply because yeah. there was like an actual story that they were telling, mm-hmm. and it wasn't just a, a chasem MacGuffin yeah. machine. Um. And, uh, you know, the ending was, was delightfully dark. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was good. But, yeah, I, I would say, <clears throat> as I was watching it, I was like, yeah, this might be a four. And I and I and afterwards, I was like, is this a four because it's, it's good? Or is it a four because yeah. it actually has a narrative thread that is yeah. telling a story? I can't, I honestly can't yeah. decide. We need a win. Maybe it just feels like a four. My, but again, it's a, be, it's a beyond four. Yeah. My favorite part, which I feel like is kind of summing up this entire season for me, is... Uh, <laughs> at the end when he's when terry's talking to bruce and um bruce is like what happened to everybody where'd everybody else go and terry goes ah the, the bullwhip guy ran off and the doctor kind of disappeared i thought about going after them honestly my heart wasn't really in it <laughs> <laughs> imagine batman saying that to literally anybody like ah, i could i could have stopped the joker but i just it, i didn't feel like it today what are you what are you gonna do yeah just yeah. you know mondays <laughs> am i right <laughs> yeah, green lantern definitely. you know what i'm talking about <laughs> Yeah, it was. Who was the most lazy on, on the Je- Justice League? The most lazy on the Justice League. Yeah, who who's more likely to be on Batman's side oh. during that scene? I feel like maybe Green Lantern. I, I, I maybe the Flash. I reserve Flash. Okay, because like the Flash, I can see being lazy in the fact that it's like I have so much time to get this done. There's no reason for me yeah. to rush it. Oh, ironically, right. yeah, you that's know. Fair. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, Blue Beetle. I don't know. I don't know anything about Blue Beetle, but um, 
Nope. Yeah, it's uh, it's a it's a it's a strange. <laughs> this this season overall has been weird. It's been very middling. Yeah. Um, to the point that we watch one that has like the bare bones of a story, and we're like, "This is the best episode we've seen in, in months." <laughs> I know. Yeah, even the frequency of getting these out, I just feel like our heart isn't as into it as it was with the original series. Yeah, yeah, it's this. It, we, we've yeah. been doing season two for for a bit. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll get through it, man. Yeah, I think that's why there's so much filler in these episodes is we just need something to talk about. Yeah, season th- um, season three is only. 13 episodes um jesus and one and and two sections of them are uh part one and part twos so Uh that's that implies that there might be some actual story to be told and i was thinking since um since there's we usually do two episodes per episode of our show and there's Mm -hmm. an odd number of episodes that we might do the final episode of this and that justice league episode that's like the the, oh the yeah. tie up episode yep epilogue yeah, yeah yeah that's what it's called i was thinking we'd do that yeah for sure to, to round it out um the other thing so the one thing i did really like about this episode i thought the the anime the fight animation was great anytime that he fought the robot guys i thought it looked really really good but you know i think both episodes the animation was really great yeah, actually yeah uh, even the hunter one i thought he looked fantastic but yeah i i, I agree in my my favorite, the, I mean, oh sorry, go ahead. The knees, the the knees can't have been easy to draw. I mean, how do you draw a character running with knees coming out at a <laughs> bleak angle like that? And you must be like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> I'm. It's such. What's the? I mean, I guess you're just thinking like, what's the, what's a unique way someone could attack? Like, does he only do like Muay Thai moves or something? Because he's just. I feel like every time he he goes at Batman, he does like a flying knee strike type thing. Which, I mean, makes yeah. sense when you've got chainsaws for knees. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think they ha- could have had a line in there and be like, really, your knees too? And he's like, yeah, man, I can't just have my hands. I need to have my knees. <laughs> but if all the pl- what about your feet? No. Yeah, there could have been a comedic beat to the gang if they were like, really, dude, your knees as well. <laughs> Everybody would expect chainsaw feet. <laughs> I actually, um, I think my favorite part of the episode was... When uh, he he starts doing the kill code, and uh-huh. they all start falling apart, I thought that was really cool. That was that was kind of like I want to see more weird stuff like that because Chainsaw Knee guy just like falls yeah. to pieces, like his legs fall yeah. off, and he ends up like this yeah, weird torso. Alex, yeah, he's Alex Murphy in that scene. Yes, definitely. Yeah, um, but yeah, that was it, it. Was fine. Yeah. What What would you draw? Chainsaw knees. Oh yeah, absolutely. Chainsaw knees. <laughs> Chainsaw knees slash the part where they all fall apart. I really like that scene. That's that would be a lot of fun to do. What about you? Yeah, I would love to do a team shot of these guys. I think it would be fun. Um, but as far as sequence goes, you gotta you gotta find an interesting angle to draw chainsaw knees at because you can't draw them head on because otherwise no. he's got to yeah. be like standing at the side or something. You gotta have him draw like. I draw Batman a lot with one knee up, one foot on a building. Um, it helps him fit into covers better. You know, you want to try to get full bodies in covers because people like that more and it's more sellable. So I always do Batman in my books a lot. There'll be a lot of characters with one knee up. Mm-hmm. So they're getting more of their body into the frame, even if it's a panel. So yeah, I'll probably do that with Chainsaw Knee because you're at a good side angle to really, really appreciate that, that knee, <laughs> the chainsaw coming out of it. Yeah, I'm, I um, am honestly myself disappointed that we didn't see this earlier so you could have put these guys into batman <laughs> beyond i wish these guys could have been Derek powers as yeah. uh, minions i think if you ever do more you can turn your stoplight gang as they're recovering and trying to figure out what their new thing should be absolutely <laughs> they become <laughs> absolutely <laughs> like the guy who doesn't have knee chainsaw knees yet is walking around he's trying to think about what he wants to do and he sees something on the street or in the subway, and he's like, wait a minute. I'm trying to think about what that would be that would spark that, <laughs> that creative gene. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I don't know what goes into a person's mind that that brings them to the conclusion that they want chainsaw knees. It, they, yeah. All of these guys feel like they did this on a drunken dare or something. Like The, totally, the bullwhip yeah. guy was like, come on, guys. It would yeah. be hilarious. 
The uh, guy who turns into Iron Man, that one makes the most sense. Yeah. For sure. And I even like the design of the suit. Actually, I think I'd draw him. That would be my answer. Yeah. Yeah, he was pretty good. I've never... I've never gotten to draw like a stocky be a thing or the Hulk type figure before. Yeah, I um, guess. Yeah, not really, huh? I guess. Yeah. Clayface a little bit, but he's only he doesn't really do much in the White Knight book. Yeah. 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 Is, Clayface is fun to draw with tiny little legs and a tiny little butt, <laughs> and the rest of them is just like a giant pyramid stacked on top of it. <laughs> Which, you know, if he can control his body that well, you'd think he would be a little bit filled out a little bit more evenly. But <laughs> I know, man. I think whoever designed him was just like, I don't want to draw another villain. I'm just going to draw a goofy guy that I can get through these panels quickly. That's the way to do it. And now those pages are worth a fortune, I bet. <laughs> uh, are there any... Um, there are no gigantic Mexican god creatures or something you can draw to Sora? <laughs> Nope. I feel like that would be insulting. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I hate to be the politically correct one here. I know that's normally not my thing. <laughs> um, no, man. It was fun doing a book where everyone in it is, is Mexican. Like, I don't think there's any white guys. Uh, actually, there's one white guy. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's cool to do a, a cultural book like that. Yeah. Do you, um, where have you been going for uh, your, like... Um reference for uh, buildings and and stuff like that the more oh, mexican yeah. styling yeah western so um i'd find the Me- mexican villages mexican chapels mm-hmm. i can't remember the name of the town there's a great um fort there and i found some really great shots of this one fort i think it's in the bahamas or something mm. it's in the caribbean somewhere so it's mexican adjacent but you know obviously the spanish conquered that whole area so it still tracks um there's a Don Quixote element in my book, too, because uh, the main character is kind of out of his mind. So I put a, uh, a windmill in there, too, just as a, a kind of a hint. A windmill um, with a giant stocky torso and tiny little chicken legs? <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I, as far as that shape goes. Well, it's funny that one of the bad guys, uh, the lead henchman, his name is Trejo. Mm-hmm. And, of course, he looks just like Danny Trejo. Mm-hmm. That's probably the closest to clay face you're going to you get. Did, <laughs> you did give Trejo about a foot and a half on actual Danny Trejo. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I saw Danny Trejo in D.C. Uh, in person. Uh, he was walking behind the curtain uh, to the green room uh, as I was getting in there. And I had no idea how short he was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He looks like he has got a bad back, too. Um, I know he's getting up there. Yeah, he's 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 one of those guys who uh, is older than you think he is because he was he was older when he first yeah. started showing up and stuff. I think. Yeah, I remember him being like he had a good face. He good. He was in shape. He had an awesome tattoos. So mm-hmm. when he was in Desperado and Con Air, he was always someone I look forward to seeing. Of course, he always played a bad guy. Mm-hmm. Can't forget. But yeah, I don't know. Can't forget the classic role he played in Heat as the character Trejo. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, he was called Trejo and he, he as was, well? yes. Shit, so I have him in Zorro now, too. <laughs> hey, it's the same guy. Let's just say it's the this same guy. gets character. around. Yeah. Uh, I am putting uh, Thomas McHale from Punk Rock Jesus uh, as a cameo in, in Zorro, too, or a character that looks a lot like him, nice. shall we say. Is that the one white guy in the book? Yeah, him and the uh, the DEA guy. Oh right, DEA guy. Well, you know, DEA guy can be can be brown too. He could be Mexican. Sure, could be maybe. Yeah, yeah, also Mexican too. DEA. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, I'm talking to Jimmy Palmiotti, um, and up Boston. He's coming up. He's looking at the stuff I prepared for Zorro, and he's like, I'm "Telling you, man, you need a cover with a girl with with big tits. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, can't you draw something? Like, just draw, get someone to draw a variant cover of Zorro, but a female Zorro with big boobs and blah, 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 blah. And, like, that's very much Jimmy's thing. And everything he does is with his wife, Amanda Connor. Mm-hmm. So I feel like Jimmy is able to get a pass by, by doing that because, his, you know, he's sex positive. His wife's sex positive. So doing TNA covers kind of fits their brand. Sure. Uh, no one ever really comes. I feel like if I did that, people would come after me. Especially on Zorro, where it doesn't belong at all. Yeah, that's that's a tough one to square and be like, no, yeah. no, you don't understand. Jimmy told me to yeah. do it. He said it was fine. <laughs> like Jimmy, who? I turn around, and Jimmy's gone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Damn it, halfway, Jimmy. halfway down the block already. They're like, Jimmy's not even a real, is he? It's just your excuse. <laughs> There's just I, like um, a Looney Tunes like dust cloud where he used to be. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, asked. Um, uh, Adam Hughes, if you could do a cover, and I'm I'm waiting to hear back. Uh, and I I think I'm actually able to do Lady Rawhide, 
So if I could do a variant that was a nod to the old Lady Rawhide covers that Adam did in the 90s, oh, that would be a way to justify it. Yeah, that's cool. Um, but the question is, is Adam interested in revisiting that stuff or is he happy to leave it behind? You know, so who knows? Okay, Adam. But Just hear me out here. It's Lady Rawhide, <laughs> but it's an entirely black uniform, so it's a lot easier to draw. <laughs> and she's got no tits. <laughs> also, it's a man. <laughs> He's like, wait a minute, um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That that, uh, that that book should be the that only... book should be really good. I've seen the, the the pages you've been doing; they're coming out really nice. Oh, thanks. The only female character is the sister, who's a driver, who happens to be gay, mm-hmm. and she's not. She's not a TNA character at right. all. I feel like it would be destroying what that character is supposed yeah, to be about. I... You know, she's she's my Montoya. You know, <laughs> I, I I don't think you I don't think you need to. Have a, a big boobed lady in your Zorro book uh, yeah. for the sake of having one. <laughs> yeah, Jimmy. If Jimmy's watching, if you're listening, whatever. <laughs> Take your big boobs elsewhere. <clears throat> um. So yeah, what, where are we where are we ending on this? Are we say this is four, three, I have, four. I don't know. Yeah, I'm at a, a week four. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say I'm a week four as well because I feel like I'm being duped here a little bit by this one, but honestly, it's <laughs> it was interesting enough, and and you know, chainsaw chainsaw knees is at least a, at least a point grade up for yeah. me. So, I'll Dude, go with without the chainsaw knee, this would be very forgettable. Oh, absolutely! I feel like that yeah. design element really makes it stand out. Yeah, even if it specifically him, like even if it was the yeah. other guys still, yeah. and not chainsaw yeah. knees, it would it would still be pretty forgettable. Why wasn't chainsaw knee the leader of the vet gang? Like he Bullwhip was in charge. Why not? Che- Nate, yeah, I can't even say his name now. <laughs> Chainsaw knees. Because <laughs> when she tried to lean in to kiss him, he would cut off, cut her off at the thighs. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I I was kind of disappointed because there's the scene at the beginning where the Bullwhip guy is like, "We should all have. I'm going to have a cool new name. You should call me Bullwhip." I was hoping they were all going to go around and come up with new names. Because what does Chainsaw Knee go with? Does he call himself? Knee saw, chain chainsaw. You should say, "Call me chainsaw knee," and that's this is where the joke begins. They're like, "Really, dude?" He's like, "Yeah, what?" He's like, "We thought you were just gonna get your hands done. What the fuck is the point of doing your knees?" Like, I don't know. With this two extra, I saw you had four, so I wanted to use all of them. (laughs) Yeah. Do you think he? What do you think he runs on? Is it electric? Do you think he runs on gas? (laughs) I don't know, man. Yeah. These guys actually cut their limbs off to replace them with cybernetics. I guess. Because when the dude falls apart at the end, like Alex Murphy, that's pretty gruesome for yeah. a kid's show. Yeah. Yeah. I want to know what this doctor was doing before he's like, I guess he was just doing uh, regular, what's the word, prosthetic surgeries? Yeah. And then Bruce Wayne used his servos. Right. And um, then these the guys suits. just roll up and they're like, hey. Can you do yeah. something a little bit more interesting? And he pulls out a bunch of sketches, and he's like, "Actually, who has the worst knees?" <laughs> I need some kind of a, a military veteran who's got some major trauma, where just his knees are damaged, yes. but his calves are fine, his feet are fine, his thighs are great, but his knees are shot to shit. Someone who really likes pruning bushes but hates bending over to do it. <laughs> I know. <clears throat> oh man. Anyway, Sonny should not have children. Talk about like a a child risk thing. Like you think about kids bumping into like coffee tables and <laughs> things yes, like that. yes, having a father <laughs> who's made up a quarter of his body as active chainsaws would not be great for a child. <laughs> I mean, the rest of them could have kids. The chainsaw knee—that's a risk right there. That, He's you know not what? A babysitter. I don't even think he considered that before he went in for the surgery. You know, all these other guys in this in this gang are gonna be playing with their kids, and chainsaw knee is just gonna be there by himself. There was a cutscene at the end. Chainsaw knee comes home, and they're like. His wife's there. He's like, we found him. We found him. And he's like, who? We found your son. And he's like, daddy. And he runs towards him. And he's like, no. And, and the he, kid's just like, he, he, he kneels down. <laughs> he kneels down to hug his son. And the son runs right into the chainsaw blade. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, no. Now, <laughs> I, think, I think we know how we're introducing this character in, in, in the future White Knight books. I Yeah, Chainsaw Knee going to be the most feared villain in the Batman universe because of this horrible, horrific backstory we've mm. given him. Chainsaw Knee, one bad day. 
<laughs> I'm here for it. Let's do it. Um, okay. I think that's going to do it for these two episodes. Yep. Um, that's good. We'll be back next time with Sentries of the Last Cosmos and Payback. We've only got two more episodes of our show before the end of the season. So hopefully it will uh, round out a little bit better than the this last middle has been. But uh, uh, check out, if you're in San Diego, stop by Sean's booth, get some stuff signed. And uh, Thank you. Issue three of White Knight Presents Generation Joker should be on the stands right now, so pick that up. We'd be both much obliged. And uh, thank you, Sean. Thank you, sir. And we will see you next time.